Good morning, Phoenix Bible Church. It is good to be with you, and it's good to say good morning, isn't it? Uh, I don't think I've said good morning on a Sunday morning to you in the last six months, and I get to do that today uh, because we're coming to you live. If you haven't figured that out yet, if you're just jumping online with us, we're coming to you live for the first time in our church building on a Sunday morning in almost six months. And y'all can say amen to that in the room. Uh, We can praise God for that. You can say amen on the chat of whatever platform you're watching this. A lot of work uh, has come into play to get to this point. Uh, A lot of work by our team uh, internally, but also externally, people from other churches, fundraising, support, different things to get us to this point to come and do church in this building on a Sunday morning. And not just leading up to today, but today. Uh, This morning, some of you, the faces that you probably can't see that I'm looking at this morning, got here in the wee hours of this morning, band and production teams to navigate new equipment and different technology to bring to you guys, wherever you are, your kitchen, your living room, with your community group, your family, whatever the case may be, to bring to you guys the love of Jesus that not only moves in us, but through us. And so I just want to thank our team. You guys can thank yourselves. We can clap. And just thank one another for your efforts this morning, for all the efforts that have gone into this. And again, in the chat of wherever you're watching, I know it would mean the world to them. They don't do it for this reason, but thank them. Thank our band. Thank our production for getting here early and navigating these new things so we can bring church to you wherever you are. But hey, listen, as excited I am uh, as I am to, to be doing this and coming to you live and even see faces in the room this morning, I'm even more excited about what this step leads to. You see, next Sunday, we've told you guys this the last couple of weeks, next Sunday, August 16th at 9.30 a.m., we're going to invite you into this room. We're going to have a, an in-person worship gathering, and this was a step toward that. And so I want you to know about that. Next Sunday, 9.30 a.m., we sent you an email with all the details Uh, around that, all the health protocols, all the different things. If you didn't get that email, one, come on, sign up for an email list. Fill out our digital connect cards so you can get those emails. But two, you can go to phoenixbiblechurch.com slash updates after the service, not right now, and, and see all the health protocols. You can see how to serve. I know some of you want to be a part of this special day next Sunday. You can see how to serve. Uh, you can see how to RSVP for that service. And let me just tell you, you are going to want to do that right after this service is over. Uh, we want to hear from you that you're coming. And in fact, throughout the week, even if you start to see, hey, the RSVP list is, is filling up, like maybe I can't come, maybe I shouldn't come, we even want you to let us know that. We want you to email the church, info at phoenixbiblechurch.com, and say, hey, I want to come this Sunday. Seems like it's kind of full. Maybe I'll check it out next week. But we want to hear from you, as we've said all along, that through a lot of this, it's week by week, right? Our world is week by week right now. And so the same thing for the church. We want to hear from you. And if we hear from a lot of you, then we might adjust after next Sunday. We might add a second service and those types of things, but we can't do that unless we hear from you. So let us hear from you this week. Go to that website, go to that webpage, see about next Sunday. We're excited to see your faces. Let me just tell you, church, this has been a long time coming. And I miss seeing your faces. It was so good this morning talking to our teams this morning just to be back in a rhythm of coming together, experiencing Hebrews 10, 24, the gathering of God's people, stirring up one another toward love and good works. I'm excited to see some of you next week. But I also know some of you 
won't join us, and I hope there will be a time that you will, but, but listen, that's why we're coming to you with this live stream, that's why all the equipment uh, is necessary, so we can come to you, and we hope you can join us when you do feel comfortable. And last thing I wanna say, lots of things to say today, but uh, is just thank you. Uh, thank you for your patience. Thank you for praying. Thank you for continuing to pray. Thank you for fighting for community. I know some of you won't join us in this building, but thank you for fighting for community anyway, for not just watching a video online, but worshiping our Savior through an online service. For some of you, even right now, gathering with your community group, your, your household, your, your family, your friends, to worship Jesus and making that a commitment and fight for it. Thank you for fighting for that. Thank you for giving so that our staff, so that ministry, so that the fall, the weirdest fall that we'll ever have in the life of our church, I'm confident, but a powerful fall is still gonna happen and that happens because of your faithful generosity. So church, thank you. I'm excited to see some of you next Sunday and I'm excited to get into God's word with you and with you at home today as well. You guys ready? Okay, amen. Let's do this thing. Psalm 23 verse two is where we're gonna be. Get your Bible out. Wherever you are joining us, get your Bible out and follow along with us. Uh, we started this psalm this famous psalm, this coffee cup passage, really, last week. If you missed, go watch it on YouTube, listen on the website. But we started and we said, hey, this is kind of a famous psalm. And because it's famous, because we hear it so much and even see it knitted into blankets, it can kind of lose its profound meaning. And so we said, hey, for this series, we're going to drill down into this psalm, and we're going to go through six verses over six weeks. And so we can see, pull out really what this says for our lives and our hearts and our minds and, and, and discover some new truths that we may not have seen before. And so last week, we, we set it all off. We framed it all up, not just the series, but the season that we're in, that, hey, this is crucial from this psalm that we understand that the God is our sovereign shepherd, He's our sovereign shepherd, not our little buddy who adjusts to our plans, but we fit under his plans. He's our sovereign shepherd, but he's not just our sovereign shepherd. He's our good sovereign shepherd, meaning we can trust him, meaning we don't have to ignore our wants, our fears, our lack. No, we can invite God, our good sovereign shepherd, into those things. And that's what we looked at in verse 1, and that frames up again everything we're going to see, all the, the rest he's going to provide us, all the, the provision he's going to give us, that frames up everything. So if you don't know God is good, sovereign shepherd, none of these things will make sense in this passage. But if you do, knowing God is your good sovereign shepherd, it will unlock all of these promises that we see in this passage. All right? So verse 2, I already hinted at it, we're going to look at the promise of rest that our good, sovereign shepherd, he gives us rest. Uh, you know, over the years, uh, my wife and I have taught my kids the Bible. And like most parents, we typically teach that through story form, like creation, like fall, redemption, restoration. And uh, just recently, my kids have been focusing a lot on the fall, <laughs> as you can imagine. And the fall where Adam and Eve sinned, they ate the apple and they sinned and brought sin and brokenness into the world. And my kids have been focusing on that to the extent that a few of them have said at different times, hey, Dad, when we get to heaven, we're going to have a talking to with Adam and Eve. I mean, they should not have eaten that apple. I mean, that's why we're experiencing all this COVID and all these other things and school delays and, and all these. I can't see my friends. We were supposed to go on vacation. Like, when I get to heaven, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to have a talk with Adam and Eve. 
And that's what my kids are saying. So as a dad, I want to engage that moment. It's kind of funny, but I know there's something behind that, right? And so I engage them. I ask, hey, kids, what, what do you mean by that? Like, and they start talking about the virus, and they start talking about vacations that were canceled or postponed for our family, and they start talking about starting online school, and they start talking about not being able to see their friends and cabin fever just in the house all the time, and they start talking about all those things. And I look over at my eight-year-old son, and he's like, Dad, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all those things too, but, but Dad, I just want to pet a lion. Like, I just want to be able to pet a lion. I was like, son, what? He's like, yeah, if... If Adam and Eve never ate of the apple, if they never sinned, like, there would be peace throughout the world, and we could just pet lions. And so COVID and all those things, yeah, I don't want those things either, but I just want to pet a lion, Dad. And listen, what he was describing in his little eight-year-old heart was a longing for rest. What my other kids were describing was a longing for rest. What all of us, however you describe it right now in the season, your frustration with COVID, with school, with work, what the economy, whatever the case may be, racial tensions, murder hornets. What we're all longing for is, and our frustration with that is we're longing for rest. And so today, we're going to talk about Psalm 23, verse 2, how God promises us rest. He's our good, sovereign shepherd, so he gives us rest, even in the midst of chaos, right? So this is for you and I in this season as we look at this psalm. So Psalm 23, verse 2, look at the verse. David says this. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, remember, this is King David who was not always a king, he was once a shepherd. And like all of the Psalms, he's giving us some imagery. And David is clinging to this imagery of sheep and shepherd. And right here, he's talking about this image of how sheep rest. They do so in green pastures. They do so in still waters. And so right now, at home, in this room, you should be picturing green pastures, picturing still waters. Right? That's what the psalmist is trying to get you to picture. But as you picture those things... You shouldn't just picture peace, peaceful settings like green pastures, how nice, still waters, how sweet. Like you shouldn't just picture peaceful settings. You should picture a nourishing setting. See, here's what David's trying to show you is that sheep and shepherd, sheep got their nourishment from green pastures. That's how they ate. They got their hydration from still waters. That's how they were refreshed for the path ahead. Now, this is important because sometimes as we think of rest, we think of relaxing, we think of scrolling, we think of streaming, we think of ice creaming, right? Come on. That's what we think of, but David's not talking about that kind of rest. David's talking about a nourishing rest, right? We see it in verse 3. He says, God restores your very soul, that your heart, your mind, your life, the center of your being, that's your soul. That's the kind of rest he's talking about, where you get fed green pastures, where you get water, you get hydration, you get refreshed to go on and go about your work. It's not just uh, merely a relaxation that David is talking about, right? And so we have to get that as we look at these green pastures, as we look at these still waters, because, and you know this, that the relaxing, the streaming, the ice creaming, as good as it may be, and, and maybe it's not even bad, it leaves us wanting, right? We still do those things, and we come out of that with the same pain, with the same exhaustion, with the same outrage, right? 
And so we need a different kind of rest. We need a nourishing rest. Jesus hits on this. John 14, 27. He said it this way. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Not not streaming, not scrolling, not ice creaming. I give you a different kind of peace that leads to, listen, your hearts not being troubled, not being afraid anymore. John 14, 27. See, this nourishing rest, it's not a rest that encourages passivity. It's a rest that frees up activity, bold activity. It's a rest that you get nourished and then you're ready, just like the sheep, to go on about your path, to continue to work. That's the kind of rest that David is talking about. And if you look at it with me, what's interesting is David says, you have to lie down in this kind of nourishing rest. And again, think physically, but also spiritually. Think about your soul lying down. Now, in our culture right now, we are doing anything but lying down. Amen? We're amped up. We're not lying down. We're we're amped up. We're stressed. We're outraged over masks, over mail-in ballots. Come on. Over our future, over, like, how in the world are we going to be able to do online school for two months with three kids, one of whom is a kindergartner? I mean, I've heard about people out there who are stressed, who are amped up over that. People meaning me, right? We're, we're not lying down. We don't know how to lie down. No, we're incessantly checking our news feed on social media, CNN, Fox News. Like, what's the latest thing that I can be amped up about? I'm not looking to lie down. We're not looking to lie down. Lying down is hard for us, right? It's hard for our souls right now to lie down mentally, physically, emotionally. We're amped up continuously. It's hard for us to lie down. Same thing for sheep. You see, there's a guy named Philip Keller who's a pastor but also was a shepherd for a long time. He wrote a book on Psalm 23 from the outlook of a shepherd. And so he helps us with this. He talks about the four things that had to be taken care of for sheep in order for them to lie down. Listen, he said their fears had to be taken care of. This is a big one. Because if you know anything about sheep, they had a lot of fears of predators. They had a lot of predators, right? Everything from a wolf all the way to an insect for a sheep. A predatory bird, I looked up, can take a sheep, right? So they had a lot of predators, a lot of fear that had to be squelched in order for them to lie down. The shepherd would take care of that so that they could lie down. They had friction oftentimes with other sheep that had to be solved. They had flies, distractions, annoyances that had to be solved for them to lie down. They had famine. They were hungry, and that had to be fixed. And once all of those things were fixed, then they could lie down in green pastures. It took a lot of work. We're not that different, right? It takes a lot of work. We have a lot of fears. We have a lot of distractions. We have a lot of hunger. We have a lot of want that has to be solved for us to lie down because if not, we are incessantly, mentally, emotionally engaged in other things and we were amped up and not lying down. And so some of you think, man, that's a lot of work to rest. That's a lot of work for the shepherd and the sheep to, to, to rest and we're not that different. It's a lot of work for us to rest. And so because of that, Many of us, instead of doing the hard work that it takes to truly rest, get nourishing rest, we trade rest for escape. We think, why deal with all my fears? That sounds scary. Why don't I just pick up my phone? 
why, why deal with all the, the hurt and pain that I'm experiencing in my heart and my relationships and conflict with other people? That, that's, that's exhausting to think about. Why don't I just scroll on my phone? Why don't I just put on Netflix? Why don't I just lash out online? Why don't I just have a little keyboard fight before bed? <laughs> I know I'm tired, but all the fear and all the angst within me, I take a lot of work to deal with that. I don't want to do that. And so what we do is we trade rest that God's going to provide for us. We trade that rest, that nourishing rest, we trade it for escape. Here's the problem with that. You watch the Netflix show or shows or seasons. You scroll on your phone. You lash out online about politics. And you come out of that escape, and not only are you still exhausted, but now you're confused. Now you're more broken. Now you're more enraged. And nothing in your soul has changed. It hasn't been restored. You haven't experienced the true nourishing rest that allows you to, to rest and then make a pathway forward in your life. Right? And so that escape leaves us wanting and so David is not calling us to an escape. He's calling us to true nourishing rest. So question, in place of rest, have you settled for the quick substitute of escape? Have you done that? If you're just honest, I think these last six months, probably a lot of us, so much going on in the world with COVID, with racial tensions, with economic difficulty, with our job, with the polarization of our culture and everybody's got an opinion and we're not debating points, we're destroying people, and, and all of these things are happening. And I would imagine for some of you, it's so much work to deal with all that and experience true rest that we've traded rest for escape. Have you done that? If you've done that, and we're just honest, let's take an honest assessment right now in this moment. If you've done that and you're thinking, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I've done that, is it because you know there's too much work to be done in your soul? in your life, in your relationships. There's just so much work. You said, Man, I just, I don't want to deal with all that. I don't know how to deal with that. And so I'll just escape. Rest, maybe that'll happen another day. Maybe one day we'll get a vaccine and then I'll rest. Maybe one day racial tensions, it'll just all be over. Everybody will sing Kumbaya together. And then I'll, maybe one day, but for now, scrolling, relaxing, ice creaming, streaming. I'll just take that because it's easier. How many of you have been there? Listen, I think all of us are saying yes right now. We've been there, amen? All of us online are saying, yeah, I've been there. If that's you, I have some very good news for you. You don't have to do the work needed to rest. You don't have to do that work. A politician, whoever you vote for, he's not gonna do the work to provide that rest, right? Whoever you're debating for, like, will he provide the rest or will he provide the rest? None of them are gonna provide the rest. None of them are gonna be able to do the sufficient work to provide that rest. You can't do it either. Your circumstances, to be honest, can't do it either. But you're good. Your sovereign shepherd, he can do the work to provide rest for your soul. That's what we see. If you look at the verse again with me, what does it say? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, grammar check. Who's doing the action in that verse? Who's the subject in the verse? He, our good, sovereign shepherd. 
He's the one who's doing the action. Who's the object? I mean, grammar check. Who's the object in the verse? Who's receiving the action in the verse? Me. Us. Right? God is doing the work so that we can rest. Listen, if some of you didn't just feel freed up by now, you didn't listen. God does all the work. He's our shepherd. The sheep can't do the work to be lied down in green pastures, to be led beside still waters. They don't have that kind of wherewithal. They don't have that kind of knowledge. They don't have that kind of will. They don't have that kind of power. You and I are the sheep. We don't either. And some of you, listen, you're spinning your wheels. You have a never-ending exhaustion right now, a never-ending stress, anxiety, outrage, amped up all the time, and it never ends. And if you're honest, it's because you're trying to lead yourself beside still waters. You're trying to make yourself lie down in green pastures, and that is impossible because you are the sheep, not the shepherd. He's the only one who can do that. And that's what David wants to force us to see. Hey, whatever anxiety, whatever crisis you're going through, whatever turmoil you're experiencing, God, your good, sovereign shepherd, he can bring the work that's required to give you true and nourishing rest. See, this week, even for me, I'm a shepherd. I'm a pastor. That's what that means. I'm charged with shepherding all of you. And let me just tell you, during this season, but also even just this week in a unique way, I just felt my limitations as a shepherd. I just felt my, my cap as a shepherd, like, I can only do so much to help you guys lie down in green pastures. I, I can't make you do that. I can't lead you besides the words. I can try and we can do all these sorts of things and I can, I can enter into your conflict and I can meet with you and we can devise strategies and ministries and I can pray for you and preach to you and all those things. But this week as a pastor, as a shepherd, I just felt more than ever my limitations in that. And just God, I can't, I can't be the shepherd these people need. And I met with my elders and talked through it and just was reminded, I'm still a sheep, even though I'm the shepherd of this congregation. I still have a good, a sovereign shepherd over my life, that he's making me lie down in green pastures, that he will make you lie down in green pastures. He will lead you beside still waters. He will do that in me, but also through me. And I can't do it, and I'm freed up. I don't have to do it, but I can entrust my life and Phoenix Bible Church to him, so he will do it. Amen? That's God's role, not mine. Even as the shepherd of this congregation, he's still the good, the sovereign shepherd. So Listen, that frees me up as your pastor. I hope that frees you up as people. It should. God does the work. So you can rest. Now, some of you are thinking, Tim, okay, bring it. I'd love to rest right now. I, how do we get this thing started? So God does all the work. Okay, I just want to lie down. <laughs> I just want to lie down and experience some of that rest. Like, how do we get, let's, let's hit the button. What do we need to do? How, how does it work? I want to give you a few things. You can write these things down. The first thing is, we have to have the practice of rest. You see, God does the work so we can rest, but we have to have this practice in our lives where we go to him. Jesus said it in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
But we have to come to him. We come to him in the practice of rest. John 10, 10, or John 10, the whole chapter, rather, is a great chapter to read. Jesus is talking about how he's the good, sovereign shepherd. It really parallels with Psalm 23 well. And he talks about all these things, and he says at one point, hey, I'm the shepherd and the sheep, they hear my voice. You see, what Jesus is describing there is not legalism or religious behaviors or coming into a building like this. What Jesus is describing is coming to him in relationship, that the sheep, we're the sheep, he's the shepherd, and that we hear his voice, that we have a closeness with him. We have a conversation with our God. If we will come to him, he will give us rest. And if we will do these types of things of prayer and fasting and listening to his voice and reading God's word and listening to his voice that way, that he provides rest. That's how he does the work as we practice rest. We have to come to him. And many of us, we're going to a lot of other things instead of coming to Jesus. You're stressed out about COVID. You're stressed out about the future. You're stressed out about your kids starting school or doing online school for two months. And you're going to these other things instead of the voice of the shepherd, instead of practicing rest in him so he can do that work in you. That's why, listen, that's why we asked you to memorize Psalm 23. It's not so you can like win a Bible trivia contest. It's not so you can impress your friends. It's so that you can get this down deep in your heart and your soul. It's so you can practice rest, so you can listen to the voice of the shepherd, so you can be a sheep and draw close to him and allow him to do the work in you as you memorize. Okay, God, you today, this morning, Monday morning, yeah, I got a case of the Mondays again, but you're my shepherd I shall not want. You're going to make me lie down in green pastures. I, I'm not going to make me lie down in green pastures. You, okay, you're going to make, you're the subject. You're doing the action. I'm going to receive that. Memorize Psalm 23. You have six weeks to do it. Put it on your dash. Listen to Coolio's Gangster's Paradise. Whatever you need to do to memorize Psalm 23 and have a practice of rest. So God, so you can come to him and God, your good sovereign shepherd, he can begin to do the work in you to provide rest. So the practice of rest. Second, places of rest. Go to, I just think the biggest thing I could tell you right now is go to screenless spaces. Find a place to walk, to sit by water, to a reading nook. And don't do it on your iPad or your phone. Listen, maybe some of you have more discipline than I do, but that just doesn't work for me. I think about like who won the game last night as I'm reading Psalm 23, and that's not good for my heart or soul. Right? So find places where you can have nourishing rest, where God can do the work in you, where you turn off all the noise, turn off the phone, the TV, the scrolling, the streaming, even the ice creaming, whatever you need to do, and you just rest, and you have that place, and you know what that place is, and you go to it daily. You have a practice of rest. You have a place of rest. The last thing is you go to people of rest. See, God does a lot of work to help us rest through his word, through practices of rest, through places of rest, but he also does this through people of rest. My wife has a friend who's honestly not like a best friend, not a super good friend, but just a friend in her life. She saw her the other day, and they uh, prayed together. Uh, they prayed together for some specific things in their lives that they were walking through, and, and they prayed, and it was just kind of a, a normal prayer that they prayed together, and she's a great friend, a godly woman, and she prayed uh, this prayer for my wife, and my wife was telling me about it, and she said, hey, she just, it was kind of weird, she just stopped. 
like a typical prayer, like, God, thanks for all you're doing, and pray for Jaya, and all these things. And she stopped, and she started to pray for some really specific things. Like things, again, they're not best friends. Like things, like, I was like, how'd you know that? How'd you know that was going on in my soul right now? How'd you know that I was wrestling with that anxiety? How'd you know that I had some of that fear in my life right now? She started to pray over my wife, honestly, over, over my family, over our church. And she started to speak truth over those areas of our life. She started to give us like passages like that God has a perfect love that cast out fear. That God, when we cast our cares upon him, he, he takes those and he replaces them with his supernatural peace. She started to pray these over things, talk about specific fears and anxieties, crisis in our lives. And she started to talk about those things and pray over these truths in my wife's life. And let me just tell you, I came home that night and my wife was different. Like she was a little teary eyed, but crying, like, but happy, like that, that kind of cry. And she was just like, God just spoke through this, this friend today and this lady today, and it just changed her whole outlook on everything, even the online school with a kindergartner. It was that powerful. You go to people of rest. You allow God to do some work so you can truly rest, and he does it through practices, and he does it through places, but he also does it through people. And again, some of you, who are more of the cynical type, like me, would say, okay, Tim, great. So I got the three Ps, practice, rest, restful places, people of rest. Okay, I got all that. But, when, Tim, when I do all those things, I'm still coming back to COVID. I'm still coming back to economic difficulty. I'm still coming back to racial tensions. Yeah, I, I do all those things, but I'm still coming back to the chaos. Listen, as you think about green pastures, as David says that, Again, we're meant to picture green pastures and think about the context of green pastures. You don't need to picture green pastures like in Scotland, like never-ending green pastures all year round. That's not the setting. What's the setting? It's Israel. You ever seen pictures of Israel? It's dry. It's brown. It's rocky. Listen, you don't have to imagine that in Phoenix. You just look around Phoenix, right? That's what Israel looks like. That's the context of David's psalm. But there's a couple rainy seasons a year in Israel. And so some scholars think, well, well, that's when they had the green pastures to make the sheep lie down. And then other scholars will say, well, yeah, maybe it was that, but maybe it was also like little patches of grass amidst the dry, brown, rocky land. And they would just find these grass, and that's what, how they would get nourishing rest amidst the dry, brown, and rocky land that they would either go back to or that was literally right around them. That's the context for as David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Listen to me. COVID-19 may still be there. There may be some dry, rocky land around you still. You may be coming back to that after this nourishing rest. But God will give you, your good, sovereign shepherd will give you an enriching rest, a nourishing rest, a strengthening rest to go back into that dry, brown Rocky land, to go back into COVID and racial tensions and economic difficulty and homeschool and all of these things that we're all dealing with that, God will give you nourishing rest to go back into those places of stress and fear and conflict, emboldened with no more fear, with a peace in your soul, in your very heart, mind, the very center of your being, 
and you will have a different outlook. And life will be different because you will have rested with our good, sovereign shepherd. That's what God is calling you into. That's what Psalm 23, verse 2, is calling you into. Let's pray for that. God, thank you for this verse. God, thank you that you are a good, sovereign shepherd. God, I pray this morning that we would all realize we're not the shepherd, we're the sheep. And while there's some turmoil outside, and there will be, that you can still give us a nourishing, replenishing, powerful rest in you. God, help us to come to you. Help us to come to you in practices and places with people. Help us to come to you as people who are weary right now. But to know that you will do the work to take our weariness, to take our fear, to take all of our anxiety and all of our pain and to give us true rest. Father, help us to experience that rest and begin to walk in that rest today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen.